Welcome to the Tech Sales Show, where we are dedicated to making you a better tech seller, sharing tried and true sales strategies and answering your questions weekly. What's up, Brian? Hey, hey, Bobby. Well, we're starting a new series today, Series 15. This is all going to be about partnering, and the title of the series is Better Together. Many years ago at Microsoft, I used to actually travel around Texas and get resellers and systems integrators and training partners, and as many partners as I could in a room, and actually give a little speech on why Better Together was important to all the partners. And that's really going to be the theme of this series. Um, Brian, you've been working for a lot of different IT organizations over the years. Uh, have you ever partnered with anybody? Yeah, I'm looking forward to the conversation over the next few episodes. Uh, yeah, in a lot of different capacities. Um, I worked for a large account reseller. Um, it was my first kind of real large IT sales job. Um, and then I was at Microsoft where we had partners that were doing training and professional services. Um, so yeah, in many different capacities. Looking forward to the conversation. Great. So we are doing a three-part series this time around. The first episode is going to be all about just in general, what is partnering in IT sales? Why doesn't it always work well? What goes wrong? And kind of give you some tips and tricks uh, to partner better in IT sales. And then we're going to talk about the customer experience and what I've heard from customers, what Brian's heard from customers in the past, and really what customers think about partnering. Uh, some surprises maybe in that section, maybe not. And then the final week, we're going to talk about making partnering great again. I know that all the listeners of this show want to be good for customers and want to be good for partners, and we're going to kind of point you all in the right direction. So hopefully you will be better at partnering moving forward and out throughout the rest of your career. This actually came up because a rep who used to work for me, who is now a uh, reseller rep uh, in the middle middle states of the country asked, you know, hey, Bobby, you did a lot of good helping me when I was a rep for you on the team, understand how I should partner, how I should use my partners to help customers and get value from them. And it just doesn't seem like anybody wants to partner like that out here where I work now. Why is that? And it's, it's pretty common, unfortunately, that we – we don't partner collectively as tech sellers as well as we should. Um, Brian, I know you've called me out a couple times in my career yep. and on this podcast for my work with channels and my work with, with partners. What, what's your reflection in general on, on tech sales partnering? Well, I, I, to your point, we have talked about this um, briefly in the context of other episodes uh, that we've covered. And I, I, the sense I've always gotten from you, Bobby, is that when you look at your partnership uh, with companies that are not your own, right? Whether that be a services firm, uh, you know, we, we used the example when we were talking about this earlier about, a, a sh you know, the old Microsoft days when it was a SharePoint uh, project and we were selling the licenses and we had partners that were deploying the SharePoint services. And your, your approach always kind of seemed to be more uh, partner first. And that always seemed to be a big windfall for you. I think most of us, including myself, probably a lot of listeners, were more of essentially focused on ourselves, maybe, and about us hitting our number. And oh, by the way, we could use some help from this partner. Um, and I think it's led to a 
different or unique path for you professionally um, and probably add a lot of value to your career over time too. That's interesting. And I think maybe it was because I worked for a partner who was supporting a large, large vendor. If you listen at all, you know, I worked for a Citrix VAR as my first job in IT sales. And it was interesting. It was so hard to get that vendor, you know, back in those days to engage with you or work with you. There There were so many of them. They wanted to be agnostic to the partners. And I just thought if I ever work for a vendor, I'm going to do it different. And of course, I had the chance to do that when I went to work for Microsoft. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe there's some young new people on the on the podcast listening. But who could be a partner? You know, I, I mentioned systems integrators and resellers and some of these brands. But if you don't know what all those things are yet, you know, a reseller, someone who resells millions of publishers in some instances, right? Um, and maybe they don't all like the designation, but they are resellers. The companies like CDW, SHI, Soft Choice, Dell resells a bunch of stuff that they don't make. So it's it's maybe they don't make it all themselves, but they are reselling for those people. And they're mm-hmm. a huge piece of the ecosystem because Dell can't have a sales force that sells 100% of all their products. They have tried and realized it didn't work. You know, Citrix and these other software manufacturers, they cannot make and sell all of it on their own. They need they need people yeah. that are going to resell it. Reseller systems integrators would be those people that probably deploy more often than not. They're deployment partners. So they're doing the services work. They've got teams of people that are experts doing the work. Um, sometimes those people sell. Sometimes they don't sell. If they sell, they traditionally have been called a value-added reseller. So they do more than just resell. They do some other things. They create value. Training partners, people that teach you how to use those things. Uh, and, and many variations that overlap or cross uh, all of those things. There's consulting firms that maybe just help you pick the vendor that you should use for a certain business problem that you have. There's big ERP consulting firms that just don't don't really support one or the other, but they do uh, they do make recommendations. What, what other partners are you thinking about, Brian, that might fit in this massive ecosystem? Well, the partner I was thinking of is Tech Sales Lab. So um, we have people all the time reach out to us and say, hey, I'm looking to get into the industry. Uh, We have folks that are already in the industry that have a friend or a family member that wants to get into the industry. And since there's not a clear cut path necessarily to how you get into this industry, it's not as if you can get a a degree at a university that would that would lead you to tech sales necessarily. Um, We've all been helped getting into the industry. And that's really what tech sales lab is all about. So whether it's from sales enablement training to one-on-one coaching, Tech Sales Lab can meet all of your individual or company's needs around sales training. And Tech Sales Lab is offering Tech Sales Show listeners a way to win. Go to averagestheenemy.com and sign up for the newsletter, sign up for their email list, and make some referrals to the people that might be in your network that might want to be in Tech Sales as well. For each referral you make, you'll get double the entries into the monthly drawing. They're giving away AirPods, Oculus Go, and Amazon Echo. Uh, it's a great opportunity for you to win some free swag. Love it. And so to answer your question, Bobby, Tech Sales Lab for sure. I think the that's what's so, I think, fun and interesting about this industry in general to me is how interconnected it is. I mean, there, there are so many different capacities that you could learn, and we're going to have a a good interview uh, coming up with Margaret uh, Bjork, who will talk about kind of finding your passion in, in technology sales and kind of navigating your way through this ecosystem. But we're also dependent on one another. And, and the customer wants us to be dependent and work together 
to solution for them. Uh, they don't want us approaching this completely separated. Um, so if that's, you know, if, if it's not for your career or doing the right thing, it's for the customer too. The customer wants a kind of a unified approach to solving their challenge. So wherever you're at listening to this podcast, in a car, train, wherever, what are you thinking about right now? Are you thinking that you have to do it all, that you have to win every piece of every deal, and you don't want anybody to help you, you don't want any help from partners, you're just going to do it yourself? Are you someone who says, I'm going to partner, and by partnering, I'm going to make my customer's experience better, um, and that's what's going to drive me to partner? Because I, I don't believe a lot of people are thinking about what does the customer really want me to do? I think often I hear what my company, my company partners, or they don't. And I really think it's about do customers want us to work together, as Brian said. And that doesn't mean that you'll do it only when it's in your best interest, right? We've, we've all heard the chicken and egg analogy. Brian and I both want everyone listening to say to themselves that you will be both. You're going to start. You will, no matter who's right or wrong on that whole story, be the chicken and the egg at the same time. So we started off with a little bit of an intro. Now we're going to talk a little bit about why is it hard to partner and then why two wrongs don't make a right. So first and foremost, why is partnering in tech sales really so hard? I think it takes perspective to, to think through really what's been going on. But I would say in my almost two-decade career, the truth of the matter is, no pun intended, that people lie to each other a lot. They say they're going to partner, and the first chance that they have to break that that piece of loyalty or that brand of partnership, they do it if it means a little bit of money. So it's it's the selfishness of it that, that causes that to happen. But I do think it's the lying component. It's the, yeah, I'll do it, and I won't let you down, but they do let you down. It's the second piece that's really it's always seems to be a short-term gain thing, Brian, where people – they they break their vow of uh, consistency as it relates to partnering. So a deal may be a big deal, um, but the customer comes to a partner, doesn't maybe you or not, but they say, hey, I'm only going to be able to do half of this this year. Well, what's someone going to do? They're going to say, do my half, right? It's only my half. My half's the only thing that matters. If you don't do or my do, half first, <laughs> then yeah, you're going to Yeah, do my deal first maybe too. Like it could be a a... a a licensing and a services contract and you're so focused on getting yours done that it's like, yeah, you, they'll get theirs done when they get theirs done, but I'm going to get mine done first. Yeah. It's, it becomes a very self reflecting kind of thing. Like, are we thinking about what the greater good for the customer is or are we thinking about just us? Now, look, I've been there. I'm not trying to say I've been a saint my whole life. There's an end of year for all of us. There's an end of quarter for all of us. And I think we got to stay focused on, reality a little bit but if a customer says what should i do like guide them to the right thing and then you'll be a part of that more often than not i don't think i've ever really had too many losses because i did the right thing for customers and put them first um we often also try to stretch our capabilities i've been there with service companies where I'm, I'm working hard on a deal and they need a little bit of help in an area that we don't do today. And instead of partnering with someone, Brian, what is most, what do most integrators try to do? Instead of partnering? Yeah. They try to build it themselves. Sure. Hey, yeah. we don't do SharePoint right. today, but Mr. Services Director, can't you just build a SharePoint practice this weekend and go right. hire two great SharePoint people to help me on my project? Yeah. Yeah. Instead of, instead of looking for an opportunity to, 
partner with another company that might have uh, that that group available, and then that could turn you know in turn provide something back for your business in the future as well. No doubt. I've also seen where <clears throat> it happens where a company wants to take on this big project. Maybe it's a software kit that I'm selling with a bunch of hardware that comes along with it, but they don't have the expertise. So they want, yeah. they want some training or they want some staff augmentation for a while. So yeah. the, it's natural to try and say, okay, I'm growing my deal. I'm growing my deal. But if you don't do that as part of your core business today, that's going to be a really big problem for that customer long-term because you can't just build that stuff overnight. What other perspectives as it relates to why is it so hard to partner, Brian, do you have to share with the listeners? Well, I think it's, to me, it comes down to a lot of times with the chicken and the egg. And again, I'm not saying that I'm perfect at this. It's something I'm, I still look to improve on professionally as well. But I think so many times that we were, we, we want the, whatever partner it is to do something first for us. You know, maybe it's, Maybe it's we're doing some account planning and we're promising to get each other into accounts. And, um, you know, I, I want them to get me into an account before I can trust them and get them into one of my accounts. And so I, it's this whole chicken and the egg thing. And I, I think the, you know, why is it so hard to partner is because you're, you're building a trusted relationship that you expect to be uh, congruent and to, to be parallel but we're so worried about, you know, we have these, like, let's say it's a lead or let's say it's, um, you know, an introduction or wh- whatever it may be. We're so, we have so few of these things sometimes that we're worried that we're going to give a piece of equity and not receive a piece of equity in return. If you're listening and you're an inside rep today and you you hear the people in the field talk about how partners suck, they don't help, they're just a drain on my time. That's their perspective. You might want to try and work hard building your own perspective. Um, it's not always the easiest path to partner, but I can share story after story where I let a partner take a take hold of a part of a project or a thing that freed me up. It made life yeah. a whole lot easier that I was partnering with them. Um, and I can name a few handful instances that will stick with me forever where someone wasn't quite playing fair ball and I didn't get everything I should have gotten, but you know what? I don't work with any of those people anymore. It's really weird. None of them are in my ecosystem, Brian. They're not. They're not yeah. big tech sellers somewhere anymore. They didn't. They didn't quite make it, if you know what I mean. Because sure. those true colors stick with you for a really, really, really long time. Um, so if you're if if you're saying it's hard, or people around you are saying it's hard, you might want to try and get your own perspective because uh, it will change. And then. We'll wrap up today with some stories and some real anecdotes around two wrongs don't make it right. You know, just because everyone around you or the people that you work with say it's hard or you've had a bad experience, you know, you just not partnering and choosing to stab people in the back and undercut them on deals and stuff. uh, It's never going to help you or your career or a customer for that matter. Right. So two wrongs don't make it right. I can say Every time I've seen one partner get stabbed in the back and they turn right back around to stab the other partner in the back, I can mm-hmm. almost I can almost replay all these stories in my head. Nobody won. No one won. A customer went another way. They picked a different solution. They went with a different reseller and integrator. Um, it, it really is about the customer, and customers want to work well, and they want you to work well together as well. The, hence the theme, better together, right? So if you, if you are out there 
and you inside sales, outside sales, specialist, integrator, reseller, doesn't matter who you are. If you are in IT tech sales, you need to just start partnering and be great at partnering. See what happens. I think you would be surprised that if you showed a level of trust and loyalty that you would, uh, you would get some things in return really quick. Brian, yeah. before we wrap, what's the best partnering story you have when it was would have been just as easily to go kind of make two wrongs, don't make the right, but the good example of when you partnered with someone and had a lot of success with that partner? I, I would say it was a, a practice that ended up working uh, quite well repeatedly. And I've got plenty of examples of where it didn't work very well. Um, but I'll give an example first of a scenario that it did work really well. Um, we, when we would sell licensing deals for, uh, for Microsoft, we would try to package together an offer for the prospective customer to sign with the Microsoft licensing deal. But then, um, uh, then also they would, uh, you know, we try to incent them to do it by a certain date, of course, like all these deals. Um, and then we found an opportunity to both in, insert a training partner and a professional services firm at the same time. And so whenever you'd sign a Microsoft deal, this is back in the day, you'd have a, um, you'd get a certain number of training vouchers, you'd get a certain amount of services credits to help kick off a project. And what I try to do is bring a team approach to it and say, we're going to, we're going to get you all the licenses that you need to get live and to fulfill these projects. And then here are two great companies that are going to help fulfill this work. And it was, um, it was great because it, it helped inject in our the training partners. It helped get them to starting to deploy the products that they had purchased. It also helped build the partner's business so that they now had a sustainable business and a growing practice in the local area or region. They also, in turn, sometimes would have inside salespeople or if even just their general account managers would look for opportunities to bring us into deals because they knew some of the benefits that some of these licensing programs could generate for them. So it was a really good symbiotic thing. That's something that Microsoft, I, I think, continues to do uh, really well. Yeah, I reflect on a story that we can both resonate with. And that was when I was a partner account manager at Microsoft. I covered Houston, kind of South Texas and Louisiana. And the the biggest opportunity for growth really was Louisiana. I mean, Houston was pretty saturated. Austin was pretty saturated. I mean, you're not in mid-market. You're not going to go find a company that's going to spend a million dollars because we probably already knew of them already. And we looked to Louisiana being a big growth opportunity for us and found what we weren't selling well out there. We just did a little bit of elbow grease work in that territory and said, hey, we don't have strong SharePoint partners. Who would most align to building a SharePoint practice? And I found a partner who I suggested that. We worked through a business plan. We created it. They grew their business. I grew. I helped them grow their business. I think we all really partnered well together. Yeah. And I don't remember them selling a single license of anything, but they influenced a lot of licenses. And I started bringing sellers and them together to where they would work on deals together. So now a reseller would bring them into deals where SharePoint was key to the key to the overall sale. And they, it was a win-win-win, right? We were getting what we wanted in that territory. The reseller was selling more licenses, and the services partner was doing more work. And lo and behold, that relationship turned out to one that where I bought part of the company. Brian ended up being a partner in the company, and we grew to Houston and Dallas. And um, those relationships don't happen if you're stabbing people in the back. You know, you don't build those working relationships with people that uh, – 
can't be honest with one another. And I think if you do the right thing, you're going to, you're going to have those relationships in your careers as well. And you'll have those partnerships that reap benefits for many, many years to come. I guess I said it once, but I'll say it again one time before we wrap. What, what's a bad example, Brian, where I'll say maybe you gave it 110%, maybe more than once. And, and the partnering didn't work out for you. Well, I've got a different example. I had one, it's, this is more on me, uh, to where I didn't give it 110%. So I, we had an incumbent partner, um, that was working with a prospect. There was a little bit of dis sat there, you know, the customer, the customer wasn't totally pleased with the, with their partner. And I did not give the critical feedback to the partner. Instead, I just kind of slotted in another partner to the deal who then it was a very fixable scenario. I was frustrated there. So that doesn't excuse it, but I was frustrated with their performance. I slotted in another partner, uh, without giving that feedback to the first partner. Um, they ended up switching relationships and going with that second partner, never gave the feedback that that account rep that lost the customer then ended up coming to work for the same company as I did. So we had this, double shot of tenseness, right? Like I, I, I made that bed. Now I get to sleep in it. That's true. And that will follow that friendship slash relationship slash not good friends forever. forever. Um, and there's probably a million little stories like that. Um, and that just highlights really how easy it is to try and help. You brought up the feedback and the, the stuff. We'll talk a lot about that next week and, and, and the week after, but it, it really, kind of can be fixable and if you think perspective which we talked a lot about today what's the perspective of that rep who had a fixable problem maybe didn't have candid line of sight to it you could have helped do that we could have recovered with the customer and the partner everybody been happy and solved and then the customer's experience would have been better which is all of next week but imagine them having to onboard that new partner and get him into the vendor system and get all the contracts right it's a lot of work it's not an enjoyable work experience if you do all that. So try to think about it from the customer's perspective and fix it first when maybe it's not always the easiest street down the road. You know what I'm saying? No doubt. How about you, Bobby? What what about a um, a deal you were working with or a customer you're working with where you maybe you you gave uh, more than you received? Well, of course that happened every time, Brian, in my career. <laughs> of course, no. I I think I think it goes back to those days where. I was on the flip side. I wasn't at the vendor, uh, mm-hmm. and I, I was in a position where the vendor probably had a lot more control than I did or maybe perceived control than I did and constantly kept trying to exceed the expectations of the vendor, doing the right thing, control with the customer, having the account control when required, and get involving that, that reseller but or that vendor and constantly finding out they were going to meetings without me. Uh, maybe yeah. I brought them in and they kept going to meetings without me. You know, that's, that's not partnering. I, I've told this story a bunch to people, but if my wife would let me partner six days a week, you know, that seventh day would be built, would be built around things I wanted to do like golf and whatever else. Right. But she doesn't let me, and I don't choose to. I choose to partner seven days a week, and maybe that's not the same symbiotic relationship you would have with your vendor and partner, but it should be a full-time job and a full-time gig where on the seventh day you do choose to tell the partner you're going to a meeting and there's not room, but here's I'll give you an update. That communication goes a long, long way. 
And where what it does do, if you don't communicate, start breaking down that level of trust and loyalty. Yeah. And that can get real scary real quick, right? You find out, you, you bring Microsoft or any big reseller or vendor into a deal and find out they go on two meetings without you. Man, you're probably going to start not taking them on your meetings. And that's where it breaks down yeah. really, really quick. So don't let the two wrongs feel like a right. It's never going to be right. You're making the customer do double work. Just be better together. Meet each other. Go to the meeting together. Help the customer be successful. It'll pay dividends for many years to come in your career. Anything to close with, Brian, as we wrap up? Um, No, I mean, I guess we we always love to hear the stories. So if you have any good stories, bad stories, um, we'd love to bring it up as the series continues on. Well, I'll wrap up with a challenge for the week. Go give three partners three things that will help them. It doesn't have to be a lead necessarily. Just help three other partners. Go introduce them to someone. Make a warm introduction to somebody that could help them do something better. Just go help three partners. Be the be the point of that spirit to help people partner better together. And if good things happen, if bad things happen, we'd love to hear about them. Info at techsellshow.com. Send us an email. And then I, I challenge you to ask your customers. The next couple of meetings you have, ask your customers, how do you want me to work better with partners? What would you like me to do? And see what they say. Share those stories with us as well because I think Customers want us all to work better together. And I'd like to hear from other people uh, your stories and thoughts on working better together based on the customer's request. With that, I'll say thanks for listening. As always, average is the enemy. Average sucks. Thanks for listening to the Tech Sales Show. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Tech Sales Show. Subscribe to our email list at www.techsaleshow.com and follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Tech Sales Show. Until next week, average is the enemy.